The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Hey, I well, I must have not been paying attention. When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question And I listen more attentively There must have been something In all of that nothing That wasn't quite so easy to see And I must have missed something When you were just talking to me Alrighty Almost like Mel heard me. Yeah, you pull me up just a little bit. Sure. I know. We, I know we do this every week. It's my fault. Okay. Yeah. Totally my fault. Yeah. How's that? One two one two. That's better. Yeah. Okay. There must have been something. All right. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? I think maybe. Hi. How you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. I got to tell you, Chrissy, I, I, I'm so happy to like be doing a podcast. Yeah. You know, after the, like the fourth anniversary, I thought about how many times I said no to doing this because mm-hmm. I, I had a friend that like co- coerced me into starting up the podcast <laughs> again, and and I thought about how many times I said no, and I'm like, you know, I'm so glad John Bergeron kept pressuring me and pressuring me and pressuring me to do it because I walked away from radio and I thought podcast was going to be the same. I was going to have to deal with the same bullshit that I dealt with in radio, and he kept assuring me that I wouldn't, and now four years in, I haven't dealt with the bullshit that I dealt with in radio, and I'm, I'm kind of glad to be doing it, although there are times when I don't really have like a whole lot that it, that's, that's inflaming me, that's inflaming yeah, my right. passions, okay. and I come in and I kind of mail it in. What's weird is that the shows that I end up hating, because I go, yeah, I didn't really we put my all into that. Yeah. Then we look at the ratings after like, they're like they're some of our best shows. Yeah, yeah right? It's like, well, um, I think well, our best show, uh, a shout out to Phil DeColagero. I can't figure this out for the life of me. Our best show last year was Phil of the future, Phil DeColagero, when he zoomed in. Figure this out. Phil of the future, he's a former selectman in North Andover. He zoomed in, and I think it was like maybe around July of last year or August. He zoomed in to talk about Amesbury, and we spent the whole show talking about the Amesbury Chamber of Commerce and what they're doing for businesses in Amesbury and how they're helping them with PPP and all that stuff. Yeah. And I walked away thinking like five people are going to watch that, but I thought that was really a good show. And at the end of the year, we looked, that was our best rated show of the year. And I can't, I mean, all the stuff that we talk about that inflame people, that get people going, the Methuen stuff, I would have thought for sure that one of those shows would have been the top, but yep. it was. I think those were the, the second highest show. I think was Jane Azani Pesci, yeah. and of course that's just because she looks like a supermodel, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I mean, who doesn't yeah. want it to? I don't care. What, I don't care if she wants to come over and say poetry. People are going to watch that, yeah. right? Um, and I'm trying to remember what the third one was. I think the third one was me and Neil Perry yelling at each other. Mm. I think that was our third highest show for the year. Yep. Um, we've got a great show for you today. I've got two quick topics, and then I'm going to spend the rest of the show talking about the Valley Patriots 18th anniversary bash, Yay. which is on. It is on. The Valley Patriot bash will take place August. August. God, I'm already screwing it up, right? <laughs> the Valley Patriot bash will take place April 8th. 
Friday night at the Fireman's Relief Inn, One Market Street in Lawrence. And I had I posted it online. I think Friday last week we found out that they were going to give us a date, and we, we, we locked in a date. I posted it online, and in under an hour, I had three emails from people saying, how do I donate? And I'm like, awesome. we hadn't even set the ticket prices yet. We hadn't set the sponsorship levels yet, and people were already like chomping to get in. Which is good because there's two two schools, and then I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get to this more later on. But there's two schools of thought on this year's bash, according to the bash committee. The one school of thought is people aren't going to come because of, we're not going to get the normal crowd we get because of COVID. People are going to be afraid to come out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a nighttime thing. A lot of people after COVID have gotten used to not going out at night. The other school of thought is people are just so goddamn sick and tired of being home and not going to events and not having events to go to that we're going to flood the place. Now, I happen to be in Category 2. Some of my Bash Committee members are in Category 1, so we've got, we've got a contingency plan for both. Um, but we will talk a little bit about what the Bash is, why we do it um, in, in a couple of minutes. There's a couple of uh, topics I want to start with. Maura Healy, Attorney General for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. She is a lesbian and an, an open activist lesbian which means in Massachusetts, no one's going to beat her. Now, my good friend, we're going to have him on the show at some point if I can get through all of his people and going to go. He's like, kind of like another Kendra's Vasquez. He's, gonna, he's starting to become a diva now. So I texted him and I said, hey, we've got to get you on the show. And he said, well, I don't want to sound like a diva, but you've got to go through my girl. And I was like, okay, well, the whole, the whole thing that we loved about Jeff Deal is we didn't have to go through anybody to get to him. Yeah. And now we kind of do. And, but he's been so good to us, it's hard not to help him anyway, right? So uh, hopefully we'll have Jeff Deal here. He's the Republican that's running in that race. I don't see, I don't see anybody beating Maura Healey. I just don't. Um, she is a, uh, a left-wing, um, yeah, I'm going to use the word lunatic. She's a left-wing lunatic. She is far left. Um, however, she's not as, f- as far left as the defund the police crowd, and I don't think she's part of the defund the police crowd, although I'm going to find out. Oh. We're going to be calling her people and we're going to be sending over a couple of questions, seeing if we can get some answers. You know, does she support BLM? Does she support defunding the police? Um, some of those issues. And if she comes even to the middle on like some of those issues, she's in. Mm-hmm. Um, if she gets crazy with the defund the police stuff, she's going to lose some support in communities like Lawrence and Haverhill and Lowell. Uh, and then it might be anybody's game. I got a feeling that she's just really smart and she's going to play this as smart as she can. Um, I endorsed her the first time she ran. Uh, no. Yes. I endorsed her the first time she ran. Um, people were like kind of crazy, you know, sending me hate mail, asking me, why are you supporting such a left wing lunatic? And the answer was, A, the Republican can't win. And he didn't. Didn't even come close. I said, B, I've interviewed both of them, and the Republican couldn't give me answers to basic questions, like basic questions that anybody running for any office should have already figured out in their head. And I don't think the guy running for Republican, for the Republican, on the Republican side, um, really had what it took to even run the Attorney General's office. So I supported Mara. I never could even thank you, by the way, um, which is okay. I don't do it for the thank you, but it's always nice when you get one. Um, she has declared she's running for governor. And so now we have to worry, those of us who live in Massachusetts who have been thinking about moving out of the state but haven't done it yet, we now have to worry when Charlie Baker loses, when Charlie Baker leaves, he's not running, um, if his replacement is going to turn Massachusetts into Minneapolis or if we're going to keep going in the direction that we've been going, which is a pretty good direction for the state. 
love him or hate him, Charlie Baker is the one reason why we don't have $7 a gallon gasoline in Massachusetts. He's the reason why your taxes aren't as high as they could be as they were under Deval Patrick. He's the reason why the police have not been defunded and crime is going down in Lawrence. Lawrence is the microcosm for the state. It's actually kind of the microcosm for the country, which is why I always talk about Lawrence. In Lawrence, as bad as a reputation as it has, we had the chief here a couple of weeks ago, crime is going down in almost every category. Crime is going down in every category of violent crime is all going down. The opioid use and the death and deaths are going down. The overdoses are going down. And that's because the defund the police movement that has swept across the country did not take hold in Massachusetts. And if we get a left-wing nutcase who's for the defund the police movement and BLM and all that other foolishness, you're going to see Lawrence go back to the way it was in 2009, 2010, 2011, when you had, when you had four cops on a Friday night patrolling the city of Lawrence and the calls were coming in every, every three seconds. They couldn't, keep, they couldn't handle the calls. And as a result, more people died, more people were hurt, uh, more people's crimes were not investigated or not solved. And I think, I think everybody who's invested in trying to make Lawrence a better place, especially the new mayor, is praying that whoever the next governor is is going to continue with the job that Charlie started as far as public safety goes anyways. Um, we do want Jeff Deal to come, and I'd be more than happy to have Mara Healy on, whether she wants to come in or zoom in. Um, I think the fact that I endorsed her, even though I'm a right-wing guy, might help us get in a little bit. Mm. Um, I'm also working on trying to get uh, uh, Suzanne Bump to come on the show. She's the outgoing state auditor, mm. and running for her job is Diane DeZaglio, our state senator. And I, I don't think anybody can beat Diana. I'm hoping nobody can beat Diana. She'd, she'd be a great auditor. Um, especially since she pisses off her own party. Like a lot of people in the inside of her own party don't like her because she calls out the sacred cows in politics. She goes after people who are powerful. And that's exactly what I'm looking for in a state auditor. Uh, Methuen Police Superior Officers, real quick. Um, somebody asked me if I was going to do a whole show on this. I can't get enough information out of, out of this ruling to do a whole show. Um, but the, but what, here's basically what happened. So when the... When the Methuen Police Superior Officers negotiated that big, huge contract that was supposed to like double everybody's pay, and captains were supposed to be making four hundred thousand a year, and by the way, I don't believe any of those numbers. I just don't. Um, but when that happened, Jim Jajuga came in as the new mayor and said, "We don't have enough money to pay these cops under this uh, agreement," and negotiated a memorandum of understanding with the union, which would put aside their contract, pay them less. City council at the time said, no, 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 no. We're not going to allow that. We can't let these guys benefit from the bad behavior that they engaged in when they were negotiating that first contract. Now, wherever you stand on that particular issue, the money that they have spent fighting this lawsuit, fighting this civil service stuff, fighting all of this, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it cost the city more than if they had just paid the MOU out at, at the beginning. And it would have been a lot more, a lot more had the union's discrimination claims been founded. But this week or last week, whatever, at least a few days ago anyway, um, the ruling came out, the arbitration came out against the union on every single thing that they filed, everything, which means they don't go back to the old pay, which means nobody gets all that, all, all that back pay and accrued and vacation time and everything else. And the city councils are now doing a victory lap. I'm going to be submitting, and I know I say this a lot and then I don't do it because I just get, I get, I get, uh, I get distracted. 
but I, I absolutely am because I wrote it up this morning, submitting a public records request to find out how much it cost to fight the arbitration and how much it would have cost had they just paid out the MOU that Jim Jajuga negotiated. Now, everyone knows I'm no fan of Jim Jajuga, all right? So I'm not defending Jim Jajuga at all. But it did seem at the time that he had negotiated something that was good for the city that would have alleviated all sides and avoided going into court and this arbitration and how much money it spent, the city spent on the arbitration. Now, maybe the city saved money out of all this, but I tend to think that they probably didn't. But we'll find out once I get the numbers. Either way, this ruling puts to bed, finally, a three or four year conflict within the city of Methuen concerning the Methuen Police Superior Officers contract. The only thing still left hanging now in Methuen over this issue that I can see is that the president of the union, Greg Gallant, was put on administrative leave. I think he's being paid still to stay home. And I don't know why we pay people not to work. Like you could put them on administrative assignment, put them in the, put them in the, uh, behind a desk somewhere and have them analyze numbers all day and, and do crime stat, crime stat stuff for, for crime stats. But the mayor put him on paid administrative leave and has not taken action since then. So it will be interesting to see what the mayor does with this. So it'll be interesting to see if Mayor Perry treats him the way he's treated others. Uh, we saw what happened with Joe Solomon, and we saw what happened with another department head um, that, w- that also got himself in a little bit of trouble. He treated both very differently based on who he liked and who he didn't like. So it's going to be interesting to see how he treats Greg Gallant. Will Greg Gallant come back? Will he come back in a modified duty? Will he not come back? Will he be fired? Will he be suspended? We don't know. Uh, but I would venture to say that now that this is out, now that this, that this ruling has come out, that it's incumbent on the mayor to resolve this one way or the other and just make a decision. Um, if people want me to talk more about that, if you've got more information on all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, let me know and we'll do more time on, an, on another uh, show. All right. <clears throat> 25 minutes. This is good. So we have secured April 8th as our date for the Valley Patriot Bash. And I know we did this right before the bash we thought we were going to have in 2020. Uh, and then we ended up getting shut down by COVID because, you know, everybody had this COVID hysteria. We were all going to die. People are wiping down their groceries and all that foolishness. Uh, which, by the way, all of which I said at the time was bullshit. And it all turned out to be bullshit. Um, this bash is something that we do every year or have been up until COVID, and we'll hopefully continue now to do it every year again. And it's it's a full night. Now, people who buy tickets to this event come, and sometimes they get complaints, boy, that went really long. We almost left an hour ago. You have to understand before you buy your tickets, this is an all-night event. This isn't like an hour, and then everybody goes and hangs out at the bar. You can do that. You can come in for an hour, and then go hang out at the bar, and come back and do whatever you want to do. But we have a full night of a program set up, and we always do. And I want to go through what it is, some of the things that we do. So we, we do have a comedian that comes. We're going to have Eric Spagnoli. Some of you may remember him. He wrote for me for a little while. And he was the, I think, first or second winner of the comedy night that they did at Salvatore's three years ago. And as soon as he got up and he started doing his routine, I went, that guy would be perfect for my bash. So we became friendly with him, and I talked to him yesterday, and he said, we're in. So as part, of the, uh, as part of the bash, normally before COVID, what we would do is throughout the year have different little fundraisers. So we'd have a pot of money to start the bash off with. Uh, we haven't done that through COVID because we didn't know if we were ever going to have a bash again. I really was convinced about a year ago that this is just never going to happen again. 
And uh, and so now we are. So we're going to shoot for the third week of March to have a comedy night here on the podcast in this uh, studio. Get a bunch of comedians to come in. We'll scroll at the bottom of the screen which scholarship kid that each comedian is trying to raise money for. And hopefully and every, every dime of that's going to go to directly to the kid. And hopefully we'll be able to raise some money for that. So we do scholarships. The first scholarship we do is for a Lawrence High School ROTC kid. Um, we used to just give it to a Lawrence High kid until Eugene Smith, who sits on my, uh, I'm president of the Lawrence Lions Club. He sits on my board of the Lawrence Lions. Said to me, I'm a Korean War veteran. I'd like to start you guys off and give you $1,400 for the scholarship for Lawrence High. But can I target it for an ROTC kid, a kid going into the military? My, my, my bash committee said to me that year, well, these kids are going into the military. The military pays for their college. Why are we giving them money? So I went back to Eugene and said, hey, these kids get their paid scholarship paid for. Why are we giving them money? He said, yeah, but the military doesn't pay for anything. They don't pay for books. Sometimes they don't pay for the fees. They don't, there's things that kids have to pay out of pocket for, uh, even though they're in the military. I said, okay, great. So I went back to my bash committee. They said, okay, we're in. So uh, we have given um, scholarships to, I think our last count was 14 kids from Lawrence High School and the last five were ROTC kids. Uh, we haven't picked the kid yet, but the minute we do, we'll put his picture online on Facebook. And if you want to donate directly to that student scholarship, you let, send me an email, let me know. You're either sending a check or PayPaling or whatever, and that that money goes to that kid. And we list, by the way, for every scholarship and every donation, we publicly list everything everybody gives unless you prefer to be anonymous. Because what we want is we want the people who donate to see that by thanking them publicly and adding the numbers up publicly, that when we give that check to the kid at the end of the night, that the total on that check is the total of the money that came in, and they know for sure that not a dime went anywhere else. And we started doing that because when we started the bash, we were there was a lot of stories that year back in 2012 about the head of the United Way was getting $3 million salary and some of these other nonprofits were wasting the money, the Red Cross and some other places were wasting the money that that they were getting in donations. So we came up with a great way to to make sure that the scholarship winner knows exactly where the money came from so they can send a thank you to people afterwards and the donors know exactly where the money went and that the money did go there. Uh, The second scholarship we do is the Greater Lawrence Vogue Scholarship, which uh, I talked to Jessica Finicaro the Methuen City Councilor. And you know what? Thank God for Jessica Finicaro. That's all I can say. Jessica and I haven't spoken in almost two years. And she hasn't taken my calls in almost two years. And she's ignored my text messages for almost two years over the Neil Perry thing. And I called her on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday, Monday, whatever day. And she answered the phone. And, um, and we talked a little bit. It was a little awkward at the beginning. And she said, I assume you're calling about the bash. I said, yes. She said, I'm in. So for all of those people with the city council and the doing politics who like to pretend that they can put politics aside for the betterment of the community, I can tell you that like most of them really can't. They don't and they won't. But Jessica does. And the fact that she is not only going to help us pick our, our Vogue scholarship winner this year, she's also going to come. She's going to be in the room and she's going to do the presentation for us, which is awesome. So I want to thank Jessica for truly putting politics aside because, again, for two years we didn't speak up until this phone call. And, um, and hopefully this kind of renews things a little bit with us and we can get things back on track because I do love Jessica so much. You have no idea. Um, and by the way, she's, she's, she's so goddamn cute. It's ridiculous. 
I have a picture of her and my daughter. They're like twins. Yeah, they were both in the uh, in the studio when I was doing CAP. They both came into the show one day, and I was like, "Oh my god, you guys look like twins!" Like literally, they look like twins. Um, and every time I look at her, I see is my daughter. I'm like, "God, she's so cute! It's ridiculous." Uh, the other uh, the other scholarships that we cover, uh, we have Lawrence High, we have the Vogue, we have the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship. So four years ago, five years ago, a week before our bash, Dan Cody, who was driving a tow truck for Cody's Towing. Uh, was killed on 495 by a uh, by a driver who had who hit him while he was hooking up a truck on the side of the road. And a good friend of ours, Al Velo, showed up at my office the next day and said, "I know the Cody family. I knew Dan. I'm heartbroken over this. The bash is next week. I know we don't have a lot of time, but what if I donate a thousand dollars and we do a scholarship in his name?" And I thought. Geez, it's going to be the bash is going to be like two or three days after the after the funeral. I don't know that we're going to be able to get his family in here. I don't know f- how we're going to make this work, but we did it anyway. Uh, we put out a call. A couple of his family members did come, which was great. I know Colleen McCann came, and a couple of other people came from his family. And then some family members were upset with us. Uh, we found out afterwards that a few family members were upset uh, that we didn't reach out to them. And, and ask them for money for the scholarship or ask for them to participate with the scholarship. And the reason we didn't do that is because we didn't want to name the scholarship for Dan Cody and then rely on his family to kick in for the money. And I didn't want them to feel obligated to kick in for the money because this was something to honor Dan, thanks to Al. It was, really, it was Al's idea. I don't want to take any credit for it at all. But, but we wanted to do it in a way that it wasn't going to, you know, we we're going to do this every year and this was now going to cost the family money. So we went around the family and we put a call out on Facebook, and a lot of people who knew Dan Cody and knew the family, and some family members did kick in, um, kicked in for the scholarship. And I think we gave like $2,000, $3,000 that year for the, for the Dan Cody scholarship. We're going to continue that again this year. Uh, we have the Michelle DeLuca Haverhill. Oh, by the way, the Dan Cody scholarship goes to a kid who graduated from the Thompson Grammar School, Thompson Middle School in North Andover. So it doesn't matter what high school you went to. If you went to the Thompson Middle school, that's where Dan's kids went when he, when he died. His kids were at Thompson. Um, so if, if you know somebody who would like a scholarship, who went to the Thompson School in North Andover, graduating this year from any high school, let us know. Uh, let's see. So the, uh, Jessica picks the Haverhill kid. Um, our ROTC people picked the uh, Lawrence High kid. What do we have left? The Michelle DeLuca Memorial Scholarship. I knew Michelle. Um, hung out with her friend. Uh, her friend. Hung out with her brother, Ken, uh, who's still part of the Valley Patriot family, came to me when she, when she passed away a few years ago and asked if we could do a scholarship in her name, to somebody going to Haverhill High School who was either taking psychology or criminal justice, because that's what she was interested in. And so if you know a kid, we normally reach out to Scott Wood, who's a member of the, the Haverhill School Committee, and ask him to help us find a kid that's deserving. And by the way, for each of these scholarships, I really have one requirement. And that's that I don't want a kid that's getting 37 other scholarships from other places. I want a kid that's, that's under, uh, underappreciated. A kid that's not getting a lot of money, but, can, but to that kid... To, and the reason is, if we give it to a kid that's getting a million scholarships, and we give them $3,000, but they're getting 20000 from here and 15000 from there, it doesn't really mean as much to that kid. We want a kid that's going to... That, that, that $3,000 is going to be a lot of money to them. That, that they're going to appreciate it and that they're going to come back. The other requirement is all the scholarship kids, once you get your scholarship, we ask you to come back the following year to help us give a scholarship to the next kid. 
So uh, what do we have? We, we did Cody, we did Haverhill, and, and Whittier. So we have Whittier Votech Scholarship is the last scholarship that we do. Um, and again, this one came from Al Velo. So he, he sponsors two scholarships who went to Whittier himself and is in the trades himself and um, wants to make sure the kid from, he went to Whittier, wants to make sure one of his alumni that are graduating this year gets a scholarship. Um, we don't have anybody who specifically goes out and targets getting a kid for that scholarship. So if anybody knows a kid graduating from Whittier who uh, could use a scholarship, and it'll probably be between 1000 and 3000 It'll depend on what we raise. Maybe more, maybe. It won't be less, I'll tell you that. We'll always start it off at 1000 If I have to kick in my own money, we will. Um, but we always, like, in the room, add the money that we made from the door prizes and the raffles and the 50-50, and we see how much more we can add to each kid's scholarship. So we're going to say it's at 1000 but it could be more, and it'll probably most likely be around 3000 is what we kind of average. So those are the scholarships that we give out, and that takes about the first half of the night. And by that point, a lot of people who have ADD are looking at their watches. Maybe we should go to the bars, go out and have a cigarette. Maybe we'll go to another event and come back. No, 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 don't do that. Go to the bar, have a drink, spend money at the Relief Inn, hang out with your friends a little bit after the scholarships, but come back. Because when we're done the scholarships, we have Eric Spagnoli is going to do some comedy. We're trying, we can't get John Mallory. We cannot get John Mallory. John Mallory is unbookable now um, because he told an off-color joke at an event that was not mine that pissed off a lot of people in Methuen uh, politics. All the, all, the, all the prudes in Methuen got all upset that he made a specific joke. I won't tell you what it is. Um, I didn't think it was really all that offensive at all, quite frankly. But since, since he got so much grief from that, he's just not doing the shows anymore, which is too bad because he would get up every year and roast me. And it was, it was uh, well, you don't want kids in the room. It wasn't vulgar, but you don't want kids in the room because his, his, his uh, language, by the way, my language is pretty bad too sometimes at the bash. Um, so we're trying to get the next best thing. So the other two people that I know that are almost as funny as John Mallory are Ricky D'Agostino, who no longer works for the city and can say yes now. So hopefully he's going to say yes. And the other guy that's almost as funny is Billy Manzi. Now, Billy and I are politically on opposite sides right now, so that's going to take some doing. But I'm, I'm, I don't care about any of that stuff because the bash is a night of amnesty. And if the one thing you need to understand about this event that we run every year, the bash is a night of amnesty. I don't care who you are. If Willie Lantigua, if Jim Jajuga showed up with a check and said, I want to get up and roast Tommy Duggan and say bad things about Tommy Duggan, I'll give the guy a fucking microphone. Even though, like, we hate, we hate each other, he sued me, he tried to ruin my life, I went after him. The bash is a night of amnesty where we all put aside whatever our personal beefs are, whatever our political beefs are, and we do something good for the community because everything that happens in this room does something to help the community. We give out five scholarships, that's the beginning of the night. Like, that's the start, right? That takes about an hour, an hour and a half. Then we've got the entertainment, the roasts, and the comedy. And then after that, we give out awards. So we give, a, uh, we give out at least two, sometimes more, but we give out at least two Officer Tom Duggan Hero Awards to police officers and firefighters that either A, have done something tremendously heroic over the last year, or B, they're the kind of cop or firefighter that goes in every day and does those little things that make everybody else's life a little easier and never gets appreciated for it. I love giving awards and scholarships to people that are underappreciated. 
One of the reasons is my father was a police officer in Lawrence for 18 years. He, he took the police exam four times, scored first four times. And because he, because he wasn't in with the political crowd at the police station at the time, got passed over four times. So I'm always looking for someone like my dad who would go out there and do all of those things. He would do heroic things once in a while, but like he did all the little things in life that made other people's lives easier. And I, and I will give you one example. When I was a kid, I remember riding with my dad in a cruiser and we showed up at a, uh, a robbery at a store and my father went out about an hour later and caught the guy, arrested him. The guy had the goods that, that the guy had stolen. They had the goods on him. My father brought the goods back to the store, and the guy at the store said, oh, my God, what can I do to ever thank you? This is wonderful. And my father said, if you really want to thank me, there's a family on Lowell Street that's not going to have a Christmas dinner. And I've been trying to raise some money to help them get a Christmas dinner. If you could buy them a Christmas dinner, I consider us even. And as a kid looking at that, I, it opened my eyes to the point where I'm 54 now and I still remember it. He didn't have enough money to help that family and wanted to help that family, but he knew people who could. And so whenever somebody would say to him, what can I do to thank you for what you did for me? He would always point them in the direction of somebody else that needed help. And so those are the kinds of people that we want to honor at this bash. These are the kinds of kids we want to give scholarships to, and these are the kind of cops and firefighters we want to honor. So uh, I will say that there's been a couple of people who have gotten this award who have been very ungrateful over the years, and it has given me pause to maybe not do it anymore. Uh, but we're going to keep doing it. And... Um, you know, Mike Samad and Sean Conway and at least one other guy who really kind of shit all over my father and shit all over me after the event was over. Um, we're, we're just going to suck that up and, and we're going to keep trying to go forward. We're just going to keep I'm, I got to be I, I bring it up because it still bothers me. Like, I think this award means more to me than it does to some of the people who get it because I've, I gave it to one guy. And then afterwards, all the guy did was give me crap. And I'm like, hey, how about you say thank you? Like, we gave you an award. I don't like you. You don't like me. But you got nominated. I gave you the award. You came to the room. We gave it to you. We said nice things about you. How about just thank you? That would work, right? Um, and I didn't, still won't get a thank you out of that guy. Um, but again, that's not why we do it. If that was the reason we do it, I would have stopped the award. But we're going to keep going. Uh, the other awards we give out, we give out a Hero Veteran Award. Now, this award uh, is named for John Ratka who was the founder of Veterans Northeast Outreach and a very good friend of mine. He has been at every single bash until two years ago when he passed away. Three years ago. I think it was three. Um, John was one of those guys that would, I would call him and say, uh, we've got a veteran in North Andover. They're not getting any help from their VSO. I really need to, to get this guy off the street. Um, he, he's not using, but he's hanging out with people who do, and it's only a matter of time. Can we get this guy off the street? And John would drop what he was doing, come to my office, brainstorm with me. We'd go out together. We'd, find, we'd drive around Lawrence and find the guy on the street, put him into my car, bring him back to John's car, and John would bring him down to Bedford, give him an intake, and take care of him. So we named the Hero Veteran Award after John Racker after he passed away. He actually received this award the year before he passed away. And so we've named it after him. This is an award for a veteran who didn't just go and serve, but when they came home, continued to serve their community. So you'll notice uh, in our program book, uh, we always have a listing of everybody that got that award in previous years. You'll notice there's a lot of VSOs, veteran service officers. Uh, each community in Massachusetts has to have a veteran service officer whose job it is to get, to get benefits for veterans. And you'll notice a lot of VSOs there because those are veterans who came back and now they're helping the community, but they're not all VSOs. 
so if you know a veteran, we actually have one nomination, and I can tell you for sure he's getting it. He's been on the show. He's a good guy. Um, but we do have one other opening. So if you know a veteran who follows that criteria, please let me know. I can't guarantee he'll get the award, but if you nominate him, I'll put his name in for consideration. Uh, what else do we have for awards? Police and fire veterans. Uh, and we have a, what we call our Scott Clegg Goodwill Ambassador Award. And this is an award that goes to uh, the last bash we had. It went to Karina Papalato at Daybreak for all she does for the homeless. And it went to Mike Gorman and the kids at TMF who go out and feed the homeless every single Wednesday night. And believe me, some of these kids have little more at home in their cupboards than the homeless people that they're feeding on Wednesday nights. Like, it's amazing to me the people who have the least give the most in any situation that we're dealing with. And the people who have the most, it's like pulling teeth getting a dollar out of them. It really is. Uh, and we see that night after night at, at, uh, at uh, TMF for the Family Unit for the Homeless. So we have a Goodwill, Scott Clegg Goodwill Ambassador Award uh, that we will give out to somebody in the community. And then we have our Lifetime Achievement Award, which we don't give out every year. Uh, in 2019, 2020, and 2018, we had no nominations. So if somebody doesn't nominate someone for a Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, we just don't give it out. It saves us 20 minutes out of the program. Everybody gets to start drinking early, right? Um, the the uh, requirement for the Lifetime Achievement Award is someone that over their lifetime has uh, done so much for the community that they're an institution. Um, I know that one of our Lifetime Achievement Awards went to Michael Sweeney. Michael Sweeney today, at the time he wasn't, but today he is the commissioner for the State Lottery of Massachusetts. Prior to that, he was a Lawrence City Council. Prior to that, he worked as the planning director for the city of Lawrence. And prior to that, he worked with, the, he worked with forming a, an organization called Adelante, which was an after-school program for kids to go play basketball to keep them off the streets. And when I looked at his resume and I looked at all the things this guy has done for the community and never thanked, this guy's never got an award, nobody's ever publicly thanked him, I said, this is the perfect guy for uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award. So I'm sorry for, um, for embarrassing you, uh, uh, Mike, because I know he, doesn't, he does not like publicity at all. But, um, but that's the kind of guy that we want. There's also other things that we do with this bash. You would think with everything I just told you, that's going to take five hours, right? It usually takes about three. But in between, we try and squeeze in as much as we can. So at some point during the night, and I think I told this story a couple of years ago, at some point during the night, I'll look out into the crowd and I'll see someone who's totally underappreciated, right? We had this guy, his name is Brian Thomas. He was a coach for South Lawrence East Little League. Somebody told me a couple of months before the bash of that year that Brian had a bunch of kids on South Lawrence East Little League that couldn't play because they couldn't afford their uniforms and they couldn't afford equipment. Now, Brian, who he and his wife both work two jobs and doesn't have a lot of money, took money out of his own pocket to pay for these kids to play Little League, to get them a uniform, to buy them a glove, to get them bats, to get them what they needed so that they could play and do something during the summer other than go out and steal cars and cause trouble, right? So when I heard this, I called Brian on the phone and said, I heard this rumor. I know you don't know me, but is this story true? And he said, yes. I said, then let me do something for you. I want to give you two free tickets to my bash. Please promise me that you'll come. So at one point during the night of that bash, I looked out and Brian Thomas was actually in the audience. So I leaned over to Maria, who, Maria Fiato, who helps me run the bash, and said, how much money did we make on the 50-50? And she told me, 
And we, of course, 50 50, we're going to give half of it to the person. The other half, we figure out what we're going to do. And I don't hold me to the number, but I think it was like $1,000. We wrote him a check for $1,000, called him up to the microphone, explained to people that this guy takes money out of his pocket, never gets a thank you, never gets reimbursed by Little League, never gets reimbursed by anybody else. And he's got two jobs, and his wife's got two jobs. And it, it, was, a, it was a hardship for him to do what he did, but he did it for the love of the kids. So we gave him a check and we wrote it out to him and said, do not give this to Little League. This is for you. So those are the kinds of things that we do. I use that as one example. Those are the kinds of things we do once people are in the room because the money that's coming in for the scholarships that are directly targeted go directly to the scholarships. But the money that comes in from the, from the raffles and the 50-50s aren't designated. Sometimes we will before that night, we'll say, okay, a uh, week before the bash, we'll say, okay, we know that uh, we want to give a clear path for veterans New England half the raffle money, right? Um, but a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we'll do it in the room. Now, I've got one person who's very famous, who lives in, in, in the area, very famous, like nationally famous, who called me a few years ago after our bash and said, you know, not for anything, but I do a lot for the community. How come you've never nominated me for an award? This is exactly the kind of person who's never going to get an award at the Valley Patriot. I'm just telling you right now. Because this is not about me, right? This is not about you. This is not about, this is about people who are doing things for other people who don't do it for the thanks. So I said to this person on the phone who I know and like very much, I said, listen, with all due respect, when was the last time you were at a bash? Well, I've never come. I said, well, this is your answer right there. You haven't come to help us raise money for other kids for scholarships. You haven't come to help us honor veterans, police officers, and firefighters. You've never donated a raffle item. You've never... So it would be hard for me to give you an award. It would be hard for me to get up there with all of these other people that have been with us for 18 years and single you out. Now, if you'd like to come to the next bash and you want to start participating in future years, you will be considered. We haven't seen them since. So there are some people who want to be nominated, who want to get an award, who want it to be about them, you will never get an award at my bash if I can help it. I do want to, I know we only got two minutes left, I do want to say that this, award, this bash does not happen without a bash committee. I've got about 10 people who get together on a weekly basis and plan out this bash. They decide how, what the ticket prices are going to be, what the sponsorship levels are going to be, who's going to get the raffle items, who's running the raffle table, who's running the 50-50s. Uh, where does the door money go? And then we've got a new thing, Kelly O'Donnell, who joined us this year. Every year in our program, we don't sell ads in our program. What we do is if you donate a sponsorship or you give money to a kid for a scholarship, we give you a free ad in this program. This year, we're going to sell spots in the program because I know from working with the Lions Club and the Exchange Club and a few other groups, organizations won't buy ads in the Valley. Businesses won't, may not buy ads in the Valley Patriot, and they may not want to sponsor the event, but they will always buy a program book for some reason. They always like to say yes. So we're going to put Kelly in charge of that. And if we raise, let's say, an extra $3,000, $4,000 on the program book, we will find someone in the room who does good things, and we will call them up and we will give them money. And again, this is one of the reasons why I say to people, don't leave early. Right, Because I may have already written out a check for you. And if I look out in the audience and I see you there and I know you do good things and you've helped us in the past, and I lean over to Maria or Chris and say, hey, write a check for $1,000 to so-and-so, and then an hour later you're gone, that check gets ripped up. It's not like we're going to track you down and give you the money. you got to be in the room because the whole point of this is if we get enough of these people in the room, you're all networking, right? 
you've got scholarship kids and writers and advertisers and veterans and police officers and, and, and firefighters and from all different walks of life who normally their paths would never cross. And now they're all chatting at the bar and they're talking to each other and swapping business cards. And a lot of times after the bash, they're doing business together, right? I met you at the bash. Hey, let's do business together. Um, so we want you in the room and we want you in the room for the night because the person who gets the last award should have just as much applause and just as many people watching as the person who gets the first award. I'm not saying you can't go out and have a cigarette. I'm not saying you can't run to the bar and hang out for a while. I'm not saying that you can't leave and come back. But it would be great if, um, if this year's bash will be like most bashes where at the very end I look up and two-thirds of the room is still there. And to me, that's always a tribute to our success. If at the end of the night we're wrapping up and two-thirds of the room is they're still there after three hours, then we have, and I know time's up, then we have an after party in the bar. And if you made it through the whole bash, you're invited to the after party in the bar. They usually throw us out around 3 a.m., 2 a.m. from the after party. If you're at the after party, at the end when they throw us out, we have a hotel room at Holiday and we have the after after party. The only way to get to the after after, I'm telling you now, I've had people show up that did not come to the after party. They found out where we were. We wouldn't let them in. The only way to get to the after after party is you've got to be in the bar when we're leaving at the end because it's an all-night event. Now, when we go to the hotel, usually it's, you know, we're talking about who did a good job, what was funny. Al Caprillion will be there. He's always one of our guest speakers. He's hilarious. We always talk about Al Caprillion's line of the night, which always is always one where, uh, and I know we're over, I'm sorry. Um, one, one year, we gave him a script to read. Like we wrote some jokes for him, but he was re- in parentheses. We had like directions, like point to the right when you say this, point to the left when you say that. At one point, he was so flustered by all the people in the room, he started reading the directions. And he'd say, point to the right. Bill Manzi's over here. It was hilarious. So if you want to come to the after-after party, most people don't make it that far. But if you want to come, you got to be at the after party. And to be at the after party, you've got to be in the room at the end of the night. And uh, a lot of times, as we wrap up the show, a lot of times, after the bash is over, a day or two later, when we count out what we've given out in scholarships, what we've given out to people in the room, um, there's always money left over because sometimes people will mail a check, but it won't come until after the bash. We will readjust things and we will post on Facebook who gave what after the bash and where the money went. This event is April 8th. It's at the Firefighters Relief Inn. There's going to be a lot of surprises that night. There will be quite a few celebrities, and I don't just mean like local celebrities. Uh, in the past, we've had Brittany Baldy. We always have Al Caprillion as a staple at this bash every year. Um, we've had... Um, uh, the guy from Days of Our Lives, I can't remember his name. Isn't that awful? It's so terrible. I, I apologize so much. I'll, I'll get it afterwards. Uh, but we always have a lot of great people in the room. Uh, Brian DePena is already buying tables. Uh, we've got a lot of politicians already buying tables. Diana DiZoglio is coming. Uh, Hope, Suzanne Bump, who was one of our award winners, state auditor, she may be there this year. We're going to invite her. This is a great night. And a lot of people, because of COVID, may not want to come up, come out anyway. We're not going to make you wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, we're not going to shame you for wearing a mask. You can wear a mask all you want. But we're not going to make anybody wear a mask, and we're not going to to demand social distancing. All right? All this COVID foolishness is over, and my bash should be the kickoff for the return to normal. In fact, I think that's what we're going to call it, the return to normal bash. I think that's what we're going to do for this year. It's our 18th anniversary, folks. You can roll up, Mel. It's our 18th anniversary in March of the Valley Patriot, and I have to be honest, I never thought we'd make it 18 months. When we started this paper, I was on unemployment for six months, and I thought at the end of the six months of the paper, it was going to fail, and I was going to have to go out and get a real job. 
And ever since then, I have not had to have a real job, which thank you everyone for all of that, especially our readers and our advertisers. Speaking of advertisers, we want to thank our sponsors. We do need one more sponsor for the show. We're looking for one more sponsor. But our current sponsors are McLennan Real Estate Century 21, Matt McLennan, Sam, and Janet and everybody over there, uh, AFC Urgent Care, who we got a great meeting with Brian DePino on Tuesday, and they worked out a great deal for the city. He's going to make some money on that. Marsan and Sun Construction, EIS, Investigation, and Gun Training. They also do security work. So if you need security work, give them a call. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my tortellini salad, my macaroni salad, and my special hot sausages. Tomo and Happy Crab, Clear Path for Veterans New England, which will be a recipient of something at our bash this year. And a free shout-out to Sullivan Insurance. Thanks, Dave Garofalo, for, uh, for letting us do this little shindig. And thank you, Chrissy, our fine, fine producer, Melvin Taylor, says we've got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.